You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's go get it. Curtis Holland. Curtis. If you want to talk somebody with an aura of inspiration, aura of confidence, and just mm, groundedness, grounded, that is the word. And like not in the bad way when you're a kid and just like, oh, I'm grounded. Curtis walks into a room and be like, (laughs) that's what it means to be. I'm sure that everyone listening was when I said the word grounded was thinking when I was grounded in my childhood. Well, (laughs) well, now they're not is the whole point. Luckily, That's good. luckily, it's not the bad grounded. <laughs> we cleared but the air. I, <laughs> but I want to talk, uh, and when we get into this with this interview, which is, I mean, thought-provoking and just, uh, yeah. We talk about uh, Curtis's kind of like importance of uh, community and his kind of upbringing into this whole crazy dance world and how he's, I want to say, transcended into mm. a new version of storytelling, which we get into. But I, it's, when you hear about some of the, conceptions that curtis has had in his mind and how he comes up with them it's just the the dude is a step ahead of the game that's what i'll say Mm -hmm. i love this yeah curtis is one of those people who where when you have a conversation with him you just kind of like stop Mm. and just sit back and just kind of like you don't want to stop him and you just like just keep just let him keep going oh i am leaning forward i am not sitting back i'm just like oh tell me more but I, I'm staying lean, leaning back because I don't want to stop him. Like I'm, I'm not going to try to interject. Just keep talking to me, Curtis. It's all good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I can never get enough. We both worked with him, and he is one of the greatest humans ever. Um, always there for a laugh in a bit, of course. And always um, full out. And always <laughs> good work ethic. This is always full out. And the storytelling, you're right. I mean, when we were talking with him, another clip that came to mind was just him and Shuffle Along. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm gonna a post about it for everybody. His Tony Award performance of there, but I mean storytelling and just performance and going for it. He mentions in his interview with us just the taking that leap forward and why not go for it. True, and he is a true example of that. But to that, I want to say we want to hear from you guys, our listeners here. We have our social media, Instagram, Twitter. Our handle is at again underscore podcast. Write into us, ask us questions, things you want to know. We're here for suggestions too. Um, yeah, but we want to hear from you. So write at us at again underscore podcast. Let us know. Get us get involved. You can get your questions in, get your questions answered, and be part of the conversation. 
I love that. So I think we should hear from Curtis, the man of the hour. From the top, a five, six, seven, eight. Curtis Holland. Hello. Oh, oh my God. What a treat. What an absolute delight. I don't think I'm ready for this one today. No, absolutely I'm not. not. I, I don't think There's I'm prepared. No There's no world. There's no world to be fully prepared for what Curtis Holland is going to share with the world. Oh, and that's Honestly, the best part. same inside my body, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was a world. So uh, for those listenings, I'm for those listenings great start i uh i met curtis holland here at the at the acclaimed uh new york city center and encores production of uh what was it the new yorkers it was called yes mm-hmm. yes correct and we we had known that we were going to work together in a little tiny show called mean girls after that but we hadn't really conversed together yet we hadn't like got to know each other and in a tech process you know you go a little bit loony and in city center it's a quicker tech process but in those shows you're kind of backstage for a long periodically time and curtis and i were in these (laughs) we're in these like prison uniforms for this like old sing sing uh jail scene and we have so much time backstage and they are doing you got that thing that certain thing it's this like four five minute song because they just go verse 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 in the old time tunes and we would take turns just full improv full dance improv curtis is using the entire like costume racks behind us we're directing traffic at one point backstage and it was the I knew then, right there, Curtis Holland is the <laughs> ultimate yes and. He is the full-on, you say go, I am already gone. Gone, yes. Yeah, and it gets me in trouble sometimes, but many times it's <laughs> also good. <laughs> so what we love to start on this show, we really want to know, okay, so how how did this happen? How did this occur? What got you into this insane business and what got you started in the oh. whole dance world? Oh, my father owned a dance studio long before I was born. And so when I popped out of my mother, I kind of popped out onto the dance floor and started listening to to music, Earth, Wind & Fire, Desiree, Alicia Keys, and doing plies. So... <laughs> keep on damning kind of kind of (laughs) but but truthfully my dad has owned he he owned a dance studio for 25 26 something years called the edwin holland school of dance it is the excuse me that is uh, (laughs) that's my that's that's my cousin outside (laughs) (laughs) no so my dad my dad owned a dance studio called the Edwin Holland School of Dance for about 26 years. And it is the same studio that he inherited from his old dance teacher. And at at that old dance studio is where he and my mom used to take dance classes. And then when my parents went away for college, my dad came back first. He's a few years older. He came back first and 
inherited the studio and he was prepping for a recital one year. My mom came by to say hello, just to see how everything was going. He asked her out and then they started dating and they had three babies. Oh, oh my God. Romantic destiny through Mm -hmm. dance. Romantic destiny through dance. And so my parents uh, were my dance teachers for the next 18 years of my life. Uh, Taught me ballet, tap, jazz. We brought in people for hip hop. We had some acro classes, but I never got past a cartwheel. I can kind of do an aerial, but not really. That's not important. And <laughs> that's not, that's, that's, let somebody else do it, man. That's let just, someone I, else do it. Oh my God. Uh, and then I went off this whole time. I was also in school. I went to a middle school for musical theater called Norland Middle School. Also the place where a lot of the kid stars from the movie Moonlight came out of. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Easter yeah. egg, thank you. Yeah, no sweat, okay. no sweat. No, and no, 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 my... no, it's all you, it's all you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's all my drama teacher. Her name is Tanisha Seidel. And she was actually in the movie as well. She played the principal. So it was this kind of whole full circle thing. It was about Miami. Then it was kind of about my middle school where I kind of got my start in musical theater. And there, my our drama teacher really showed us accountability. And I also think that accountability was something that was very present in my life from an early age, just because of my dad's dance studio. And then also because of my drama class. And if you didn't come in with your monologue ready, you had to have a really good reason why. <laughs> and then you had to just be ready to be to be reamed out. So it was a lot of a lot of that. But I did that until eighth grade. Then I went to a performing arts high school called Michael Crop Senior High School. And this whole time, I was still aware that I had to go to go to college for something quote unquote practical. And I understand why uh, I've seen many cases where people people need fallback plans. And like we're seeing now, people need fall, fallback plans. Oh, you're <laughs> oh my God. So my fallback plan at first was going to be, and this is such personal information, it was going to be... <laughs> It was going to be for physical therapy, and I was excited because I was going to have this teacher in high school, I think for 11th grade, the anatomy and physiology teacher who was supposed to be so phenomenal. And when we got her, she was also then running the senior activities for the year, so we didn't really have class. We would come in and just hang out, not get anything done. One of our assignments was to write down a list of songs that we wanted to hear for prom. So my dreams to be a physical therapist were very much shattered. I remember sitting in the car (laughs) with my mom one day, and she was like, you know you have to start thinking about school soon. I said, yeah, I know. She goes, goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I thought it was physical therapy, but I don't know anything. And then we both remembered that because my dad my dad's dance studio has a recital every year i would sometimes edit the music for it and you know every teacher is responsible for cutting their own music and getting it together and i became pretty good at it and i started editing music for other teachers i started editing music for some things at my high school some some productions that we did so she said well you know 
there are places where you can go for sound design or you can go to edit music for a living. So I looked it up a little bit more and I decided that I wanted to be a Foley artist doing sound effects for movies. Of course. Wow. So like that was what cre- I... So does that mean like you're creating the explosion for when yes. a car happens? Oh, man. Yes. Mm. And, well, that's what I thought. But that's also the very old school <laughs> way of it of it happening. Whereas now many people just have the sounds already implemented. I don't know how many people are actually crumbing up paper bags anymore to make sounds. You know? The original so... ASMR people. <laughs> <laughs> Truth the originals right there. The originals. Yeah. Take notes, people. But <laughs> but so I I started, you know, working towards that and I went to school. I went to Middle Tennessee State University for their audio production program. And it was under their communications uh umbrella. So I was having a lot of uh what's the word I'm looking for? prereqs that I, you know, just really didn't care about, but I found ways to keep myself entertained at school. One of those ways to keep myself entertained was this program called Impact. And I can't remember what it stood for, but it was their like little dance company where anyone in the school, no matter what your background, you could just come and dance. And it was mostly hip hop and a little bit of contemporary if you were really feeling your oats. But for the most part, you just got to dance and it was all student choreography and we would have a end of the year or end of the semester showcase that was actually packed. One of my friends in there, her name is Paige Freelix, who I am so proud of because she's now out in LA doing wonderful things, but she had auditioned for So You Think You Can Dance already two times and said, hey, Curtis, auditions are happening in Nashville, which was four hours away from me. And she said, I'm going, I think you should come with me. Is that something that interests you? And she said, I had auditioned before, but I just go for the experience. Already telling you how much of a good egg she is. But uh, I said, I mean, yeah, sure. So then I was in the studio practicing. <laughs> you know, this character right there. <laughs> <laughs> just annoying. <laughs> but I was in the studio practicing every night and we go up to, to Nashville and I'm sorry, not Nashville. We go up to Memphis and I get to the top 20 and she gets cut the first round. So it felt like one of those um, fame moments with Leroy, <laughs> and mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but I am I'm still always so grateful to her, and that's why I even say her name is because she's one of the only reasons why I was able to really get out there. Between her and there was this other uh, guy and the a few other people in the group who just really believed in me and knew I was doing it. Uh, Jesse and Aaron, who are just wonderful people. But I just had a group of friends from this community that I created up there that said, go try. So I get to mm-hmm. see you think. I get to top 14. That was an experience all on its own of mm-hmm. my first time really being on my own, my first time really having teachers and influences that weren't my parents or, or my community. And so learning from all these people that I've looked up to for years, and then after I get cut, 
I come back for the last, you know, hoorah performance, and then we go on tour. Usually they take the top 12 on tour, or they take the top 10 and the and two alternates. But this year, they just decided to take the whole top 14 using the the four that weren't the top 10 as quote unquote alternates, but still having pieces to perform every night. So it was this really cool mix of you. Like, it was my really first uh, introduction to performing and being able to understudy all at the same time and, and just being ready to go. So then after that, I remember getting off the tour and, you know, after all of this, after, so you think people ask, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to LA? Are you going to go to New York? Are you going to go back to your normal life? And my answer was, I want to go to New York. And so when I got home from tour, I started asking my mom, I said, Hey mom, I am thinking about going to New York. And if you let her tell it now, she'll say, she'll say, Oh, you know, it's just so cold. I think you should wait. But the way that I remember the conversation Uh was mom, I'm going to New York. Can you help me book a flight and book a hotel? She goes, yeah, yeah, we'll do that later. That's what mm-hmm. I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, no, you know, no, no, child... we'll do that later. And sweep, yeah. sweep, sweep. Sweep. <laughs> and, and so Curtis said, okay, Google how to book <laughs> a hotel room. Because I didn't know. I was only 18, 19. I, I never had to know. It was always done for me. And so I was asking my parents to do it for me again, and I would just pay for it. But now Curtis has money, and he can just make decisions. I guess we're going to New York. So so, so when I, you did that tour, what grade were you? I know you just said you were 18 when that, that all kind of happened. But had you finished high school at that point? I had what finished high school. Timeline? I finished – I actually – I might have been going on 19. I think by the time I did the show – I was 19 and I, so this was after my freshman year of college. And so instead of going back to school for another semester, I came to New York. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I feel like there's, there's such a, what I've always, I mean, admired fully is just like Curtis on there's this, there's this clear independence that you have of this aura. And I think, and I, as I see your eyes, just like bulge for a second, but I think, <laughs> When you when you give independence to someone who maybe has, has has never had it and then has this like huge world in front of them, it's kind of this. It can be so overwhelming. It can be so overbearing. And I think what you what you've always like impressed me with is just like this hunger and desire to just like no, we're just gonna do it. And it's just like you take mm-hmm. the bull by the horns, figure out how to do it, and it's just done. I've like mm-hmm. never done this kind of show before. Never booked a hotel before but like all right yes and figure out how to do it yeah yeah how extensive was your training growing up like you said at that studio just because something we love to kind of shed a light on is that upbringing of everyone just because there's someone out there right now listening who has kind of a similar path to you and we're just trying to shed that light that it is possible and there is a journey for them you know so yeah. what was that training like because you know a lot of people just can't grow up at their hometown studio and then pop on to so you think you can dance and then right. you know hop away so kind of what was that for you well and i want to say something before i even say that i remember uh-huh. we were on tour one day and it was after the show we were signing autographs we were going out signing autographs and one people were some girls were lined up on the side saying 
hey, we've been asking everybody this question. We want to know how many uh, days a week did you train? And I said something around the lines of maybe six or eight hours a week. And they said, that's it? Because we, wow. my dad's studio did not go to competition. All we mm -hmm. did was dance for the sake of dancing. <laughs> and really? and, and totally. well, between that and for and for a recital at the end of the year, and some people would try and call that recreational, but I don't just I just don't believe that. Be and because of the connotation that I think people try and put on recreational, like it's something less than competing. But all of my best lessons were learned there, mm -hmm. and like I. I definitely feel myself getting riled up just because of that, because it makes it sound like it's something so much less than when all of the sparkle that you all know, and I'm not, that's not me being cocky, but that's just what you've told me is that the mm -hmm. sparkle that you know about me is only from the 18 years that I spent doing eight hours a week of dancing. For dance reasons, rather for than dance, for yeah. dance reasons. And rather than, me, yeah. Right. And I'm trying to think we did, I was, I had classes on, yeah, I had classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from six to eight 30. And then we had company rehearsals on Saturdays from what, like maybe 12 to four or two to six or something, something a little bit chunkier, but not too much. On top of a school schedule, I still don't fathom. I mean, uh, we do like the HO week thing. We do all this like rehearsals and stuff, and it feels like a lot always. I don't mm -hmm. know how anybody like in the in the high school times now because it becomes so much more demanding. Mm -hmm. How anyone anyone is getting like a dance training or sports training or anything on top of it, it is such a devotion that I think people buy into when they love the arts or love the sport or yeah. love all of these things and yeah yeah there yeah. i think i don't know why it just came to me but devotion feels like the the right word for it because it is a yeah. form of faith this whole like dance it's nuts absolutely yeah. and so now speaking of like devotion to crafts and devotion to this insane world and what we do i i would be amiss to not bring up I'm nervous. Okay, so we no, don't be nervous. Don't I'm nervous, be nervous for you, Curtis. <laughs> when we so we work together, Mean Girls. I mean, grueling schedule, grueling all these things, but somehow Curtis found the time to create a one man show, and I really, oh. this is what I have to talk about. When I tell you that this this man went on a journey of his own, kind of unbeknownst unbeknownst to us, and just what he came out of to create this show deciding to do the show devoting his time to it even though it was a monster of a of work to do and when i went to the triad theater right triad theater triad stage it was the triad theater triad theater saw this show and it literally when i my mouth on the floor entirety of the time oh. i already know how talented curtis holland is and it's just yes. foolishness foolish thank you but i i want to dive into how do you get into creating a one-man show? How do you find the the idea, the concept, but also where do you, where do you get the vulnerability to be like, all right, I'm gonna risk literally everything and do this because 
I want to talk about the journal number when it's when you're there. Okay. Yeah. I I actually have to write these down because you asked me three different. I, I asked you three different <laughs> questions because I'm. You did. I need. I need. I need okay. So <laughs> question so number one. one is, how do you come up with the concept of a one man show? Concept. <laughs> Two. Two. Um. Let's start there. Let's start there. Okay, I'm... and you know what? As it as it begins to come, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer them uh, <laughs> as straight as I can, and then Perfect. you just add, you just pull it out of me. I'm gonna pull it out. So, so I before I talk about the concept, I do have to talk about how this came about. And Brendan, you know this because you were there. But I was actually injured during Mean Girls, mm-hmm. and what happened was one of the bleachers in our in, in in our show came and was rolled into my Achilles tendon and left a deep cut inside. And it would have been fine, but it got infected. <laughs> and because I think I felt I felt the pain and I said, oh this hurts. I have a quick change. So I didn't have time to uh to really clean it or do anything because that was in the middle of the second act. So, well, so the the wound gets infected and mind you, I'm also doing double duty at this time when the wound gets infected. So now I can't do either job. I was supposed to be doing a lab of another show and I went to rehearsal on a Monday and tried to put pressure on it. I tried to go to Releve. It, it didn't even come two centimeters off the floor before it started hurting. Ankle said, no, not today. So I was on a leave of absence. I was on a medical leave from Mean Girls, and then I would just go to rehearsal in the morning and sit there until six o'clock, then go home. But, uh, and on top of that, my opportunity kind of for being inside of that show was gone. And I was just now there for moral support and for the sake of just watching creation happen for a lot of it and all that happens and because i have all this free time i start reconnecting with people i get to chat with one of my friends who i don't chat with too often or let me be clear i got to rekindle a flame that i thought was dying with one of my best friends which was nice i got to talk to my sister a little bit more i got to paint my walls in my apartment i had just moved in and i got to go see one of my friends solo shows her name is amber iman she is a, yes. she is uh huh, she is a wonderful, wonderful singer, and she was doing this one woman show. She was just kind of doing a concert, so I went and I watched. And at first, I felt guilty, but I just realized it was what it was. That when as I was sitting there, I said, "Why do I only want to be up on that stage right now?" And granted, I was having the most wonderful time listening to her her stuff was phenomenal and seeing the way that she created a a piece was wonderful to watch and i just remember being inspired by it and i saw her that night then i went home then i remember she was singing for a friend of hers crystal monet hall maybe two weeks after i went to that show and i watched crystal monet hall do her solo show while Amber saying backup. And that's even more phenomenal. And I'm just thinking all these things are brilliant. So after that show, Amber and I are hanging out that night and 
I look at her, I go, Amber, you know I want to do something like this. She goes, Curtis, I know. Start now. And I go, what? She goes, yeah, start now. I'm giving you six months. In six months, I want you to have a show. Wow. Wow. And then I made her. That's a very good friend. I made her even record it in my phone. I said, Amber, say what she just said to me right now. And she said, hey, this is Amber. I'm letting you know that in six months, Curtis is going to have a show, a solo show. He played it on stage. Played the memo <laughs> on stage. I, I remember did play the memo. Specifically. Yeah. And just like <laughs> at the mic. It was hysterical. Yes. Yeah. But even in there, she said, you're going to be great. This is going to be wonderful. Just start. And so that was on that was on December 12th. And my solo show was on June 24th. So almost six months six months to the date and my my concept oh my gosh here we go so the concept at first i'm i'm thinking okay i'm just gonna do a solo show let's get some songs that i like to hear i had seen a few solo shows in the past i said all right i like this song i like this song i was seeing a voice teacher feeling good i'm gonna want to do some dances all right great so by march maybe i'll want to have a little a, a little snippet set up so that people can see what they would be getting into. I want to invite some people to come. I want to do all these things. And in the meantime, I also was starting to reach out to some people who I care about asking, what should I do? And how do I go about making a solo show? I started reaching out to some of my friends. And one of my friends is Marshall Davis Jr., the protege of Steve Condos. And he is a not only a phenomenal tap dancer, but also a phenomenal thinker. And I just enjoy the way that he challenges me to think about things. And, and he goes, be ready to keep moving when people say no. And he, and he, and he said, things may not go as planned. So you're going to have to swerve and just move around it and keep it moving. So just get, get real flexible. And I say this to the next point. I, <laughs> I had prepared like this makeshift version of the show. It was three songs that I thought were going to be in the show. And I was going to present in March, like in mid-March. And so maybe a day before... All before I'm supposed to present, I ask Marshall to meet up with me to go over some of these, go over the numbers, and he watches them and he goes, "Why are you doing this?" And I go, "Well, you know, I just kind of like I like I like this song," and I'm like, and he goes, "Yeah, but right now you're dancing like you're in the background when you need to be in the front." And also, what is this song about? And why did you choose this song? And I realized that I didn't have an answer. And I realized then and there that I was making a show that I thought people were supposed to see. Mm-hmm. And to that point, the people who were supposed to see it had all bailed out on me to come watch the the march performance no march a little snippet i think i i asked maybe about 10 people to come and only one person came and there were so many different reasons it it wasn't anything like harsh or anything but 
I asked for 10 people, one person came. And when that one person, what did the you one, say? The, the one person was like, okay, but, and challenge. Well, and well, here's the funny thing. Marshall wasn't the one person that came. Oh, okay. This was a day after. It was my, another good friend of mine, Samantha Perlman, who came and she was just gung-ho. She said, oh, this is great. Let's just, I'll watch it. And she ended up uh, recording it for me so that I can see what it looked like. So it turned so much more from a presentation to just having it on camera for for archival purposes. And also, also I thought I was going to have to use that to get a theater to start shocking myself out. And sure. so that's why the other reason why I wanted people to be there. But I maybe messaged Amber two weeks before and she says oh i can get you the theater that i was at you want me to do that for you check and, well, well yeah. yeah so just the way that everything is just bouncing around mm -hmm. and the final hitter is marshall saying why why are you doing this and so because the performance was still tomorrow i went through with the performance and the performance for one and i got intel of he's right this doesn't feel as deep as i can be and from there i had had a few ideas but i remember thinking these are too hard <laughs> <laughs> i thought i thought these are all too hard and i even remember telling marsh a, a day after this we were just out hanging out and i said we, we were just talking about dance and performance and then we got to talking about the show and i said yeah marsh the issue is all the things that i want to do i'm nervous that i won't get them done in time and all he does is turn to his right look at me and say yeah <laughs> and that's when i knew that that inkling of an idea that i had was the idea to go with and to mm. jump all the way into the water and and quit coming up for air for lack of a better term but and for for those of you listening the premise of my show was that i am a believer in numerology to an extent i don't live my life by it but i really do enjoy some of the lessons and ideas and thought processes that can be uh be evoked i guess through through listening to some of the numbers and when I see numbers in a sequence, often I pay attention to that. Like, and during that time, I was seeing a lot of one, 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 two, three, two, two, three, 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 two, two, three, five, five, three, four, five. So I have this book that my sister Courtney uh, introduced me to called Messages in the Numbers. And it's a book about numerology and what all the numbers mean. And I realized that one through five the explanation of what each number meant was exactly the space that I needed to be in in order to create the show. So I made a show about creating the show based off of those numbers. Wow. And it was wow. just, it was so gripping. It was, I, I'm trying to remember, it was called Enter the Maze, right? Or Inside the Maze. Inside the Maze. And it was this, I remember, it was the, almost like this cryptic feeling of like the 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 press shots and things like that i'm like 
what is this going to be about? But I know it's going to be, no, it's going to be Curtis. And I think there, there is such this thing of diving into, (laughs) you hear the concept of the show and then you have the show based on the concept of the show. So literally, you know, inception, inception, maze, got it. But, (laughs) but there's this thing that when I tell you stillness is a superpower Curtis Holland is the master of stillness. Matt, I totally agree. Totally agree. You. Because, and I think, when did Subtlety, you. Subtlety, stillness. When, when did you learn that, like, there is power? Because I'm literally, I mean, old man Stimson over here mm-hmm. coming up on 48. No, um, but it's like, I'm still learning to, even even in choreography things or even in, in just mm-hmm. life things, there is just power in stillness and waiting and your show spoke to me so hard of just the power of patience the power of looking within but also zooming out i'm just i'm not to just like i mean pour into it but it's just i I, i'm I'm, my mind goes back to the show and i think if anyone has a an opportunity that when when curtis holland does another one-man show please please do yourself a favor and go learn and educate yourself and have an epiphany as I did. That's those are heavy words, Brendan. But, oh, it was a heavy show. <laughs> oh my God. A heavy rotation. I, I think I le- first learned stillness. Oh, that's a tricky question because I'm, I'm not always good at it. I'm not, oh, I'm not always good at it. I'm trying to think it wasn't, it wasn't when I was, it wasn't anywhere under the age of 20. I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are all, we're all running at that I'm age. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But yeah, I, I think when you're forced to sit down, you, you listen. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I believe that about this show, about that first show in general, that I was just told, I was literally told shut up sit down and i'll tell you when to move and brendan you were you were alluding to the journal the journal section yeah and there was a section towards the end it was kind of like i guess what we would call that little crest right before we go into the the attack number before the resolution Mm -hmm. so like the the one right before the big battle is kind of what it was the precursor to the 11 o'clock number (laughs) (laughs) so it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
so this whole the whole time I'm going on this journey of number one meaning to slow down, number two meaning to check in with your friends and your loved ones, number three meaning to take care of your health and get some good sleep, and then number four is about facing your fears. And for the number four, I had a few, and it's funny you say this, Brendan, I had a few options for this number. I heard this really beautiful piece of music, Mardi Gras in New Orleans, and it was the version by Alan Toussaint. And I remember hearing the 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 song on my vinyl one day, on, on my record player, and I just said, oh, this is a really pretty song. And then my whole concept for this was always going to be about fear, but it was supposed to be about me like, shaking and and not knowing if I want to step out. So I was going to do this really literal liturgical dance to it, and and kind of show show myself reaching for things. Once again, Brendan doing a lot, <laughs> and doing a lot, could trying to figure it out. I watched the video one day and I said, "Oh, this isn't it." I have to scrap it. I didn't know what it was going to be yet, but I just knew it wasn't that. And at the same time, so much context. And I apologize, everyone listening, for all the bouncing back and forth that you're hearing. But uh, on December 24th, so about 12 days after I was, I embarked on this journey, I went sober. And I went sober because I was not having a good relationship with alcohol at the time. So I needed to to fix that. And I kind of had a breaking experience that made me feel like, oh, you've been waiting to, to do this and you just hit a peak, an all-time low. If you don't jump back from this one, I don't know what's happening next. So I went to the Actors Fund and I asked for assistance with you know, just staying on track with my with my sobriety. And I at first, I just wanted to do for six months and see how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I said that I wanted to do six months because that would take me up all the way to my show. And, and that would just be a great way to focus on my show. And so while I'm speaking with my, uh, with my counselor, I guess you, you can call her. I remember one day, she says, well, Curtis, what are you afraid of? for the show. And so I started telling her a a little bit about it. And she said, that's okay. That's really okay. And just, I think acknowledging that is great. And then I remember talking to my father as well. And I was talking about, you know, I just get scared sometimes. And he said, it's okay to be scared, but it's not okay to be fearful because fear is what stops you. Scared is just the acknowledgement and you get to keep going. And so what I did after that was I went down and I just wrote all the things. I just really was writing a journal entry and I was writing down everything that scared me pertaining to the show. And I just wrote it down. And then as I was writing it, it started to sing back to me. And as it sang back to me, it sang itself in just this really rhythmic cadence, not even with, with, melody or anything, but just in a very timed and rhythmic pattern that I then paired up with the music that I heard in the space that I said, I don't know what to do here. And I just put the words on top of it and said, this song is now going to be about me literally saying out loud so we can all say, I'm scared. Hey guys, this is 
weird for me. And after I do that, then I'm going to give you the 11 o'clock number. <laughs> and what it turned into and why I bring this all up is because when we were rehearsing the day of the show, I only got one day to rehearse, I still wasn't sure if I was going to do it out front, like in front of everybody or not. And then at one point, I put a stool on the stage. Mm -hmm. I took my journal. I opened it up. And I said, can you just put a spotlight on this journal? And then I sang the whole thing from off stage. It was and that's what it ended up being. And I've actually had many people come up and say that that number sticks out to, to, to them. And I wasn't even on stage. <laughs> but, 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 you, but you are because the, the journal, right. totally. I mean, your thoughts, your representations. And I think this speaks to anyone who's listening to get into kind of like any kind of choreographic game. If you are in a moment, and Curtis, you've done this with me uh, in a combo I was like creating or anything, you literally, you have to step back and say, what are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so simple. It doesn't have to be like, well, I want to have this kick. I want to have this trick. I want to do this, this kind of turn. It needs to travel this way. What are you trying to say? And if you, yeah. shit, it's going to be hard to answer it sometimes, but if you answer it, you are that much further along to finding out where to go. And I only learned this from my teachers and from people who I go to and say, I want to do this. And they say, okay, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> because, and just because I, I fall into the same trap of, I'm trying to, and I do it even sometimes when I tap dance and I go back and listen to some of the things that I've done or even some of the choreography, even if it's like musical theater choreography, I go back and look at some of the things that I've, done when i wasn't fully intentional then i go and i look at something when i was fully intentional and you can always tell the difference mm-hmm. i think also with curtis too it's kind of a random fact but you know the game we all play is like you give someone an eight count and they dance it back right i feel like curtis is the king of the stillness and simplicity that we're talking about because if you give them an eight <laughs> count and there could be a million no and you give them a million counts in there whatever i would say like nine of them are going to be standing still Mm-hmm. And then the last like one Ianda is gonna be just like a heel click, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, and it and it is so impactful, and it hits you differently. Like, it is just crazy. Um, but Curtis, I mean, you've done just like, inc- you've had I feel like such an incredible career, so well rounded of projects that you've tackled. All like you've been to Paper Mill, we've worked there together. All three of us have done the Muni together, Broadway. I mean, in every style, too, of, like, everything from Music Man to Mean Girls to Shuffle Along, which, incredible, incredible. I mean, that's probably the opposite of stillness is Shuffle Along. (laughs) That was just a train. It was amazing. It was a train. Um, So is there something that you can look back on through your dance career and – is there something that has like changed what dance is for you in that time? Or is it, or, or I guess I could ask it like, is there something you can realize and be like, Oh, I understand this now. Oh, I think I do that with, with every project. And I actually, I remember after Jack, after we did music, man, I remember sitting down and writing down what I learned from that project. But Mm -hmm. I sometimes go through, every single one, every single project and say, if I had to say that I took one thing away, what was it? And I think 
one of the things, and obviously one of the many things, but shuffle shuffle along taught me everything. That was my introduction. Yeah, it was it was my real introduction to New York, period. And it it first taught me that stars can also be nice people. Like some of, yeah, <laughs> some are humans. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they can be phenomenal, and mm-hmm. they are super generous. Audrey McDonald, Billy Porter, Brian Stokes Mitchell were all so incredibly generous to all of us. It also taught me, and Savion Glover, uh, helming the ship, really taught me to sell it. Like, yeah. believe it and believe it and sell it, sell yes. it like your life depended on it, mm. and 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 to kind of bring out that that inner fire and that thing you want to do, bring it out and then refine it, of course, but bring it out. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, and like oh, I I just think of like a ferocious animal, like go go we'll we'll figure out the rest like i'll clean up that double later i promise but it's the why are you holding back the why are you holding back why totally yeah give me all give me all you have uh and but that also goes to george c wolf with shuffle along too where intention was everything and they both believed in intention every every step that we took was intentional and specific and if the wrong sound came out of your feet we did it again Mm-hmm. And same with the with the acting. If you were in the moment, we stopped. And George would say, well, well, why are you over there? And you'd have to answer, why are you over there? Mm-hmm. What, what are you thinking about? Why does your face look blank? So that's what I learned there. I think Paper Mill Playhouse taught me patience. The Muni just reminded me of community. And just being with friends and and also playing for such a big space. But when we get back to dancing, Mean Girls taught me about individuality again. Mm-hmm. And about, about how to kind of start taking all these wild thoughts that you think are you and sifting through them to realize who you actually are and what you want your quote unquote work ethic to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we end every episode with a segment we like to call should have shot it. Hold oh for sound cue. Okay. Um, should have shot it. So should have shot it came from the prom movie and we were doing the song, not about me. Meryl Streep was, trying to just get a point across. So she was saying, let's take it from the top. Let's do it. Get the lights, everything. Let's do it. So she did it, ends it with, you know, that gold curtain behind her spotlight, then blackout. And in that blackout now, mind you, there's 200 background there, all the crew, like everyone's were shooting it. Right. Or it was the rehearsal, but it's in the blackout. She yells, should have shot it. And the whole room just like is pin silent still. Because it was brilliant, and our whole team's like, yeah, that was the best one yet. We should have shot it. <laughs> so our question that we like to wrap up with is, what is a moment in your career, in your life, something you've witnessed? It could be funny, 
you know, magical whatever that you wish should have been shot? What do you wish could have been captured for everybody to see for history? First thing that comes to mind, I was actually 18 years old and I was doing my last performance at my dad's dance recital. And we have two shows. One is on a Saturday and then the next is on a Sunday. And every show is recorded. Mm -hmm. And we had this dance to Jesse J's Who You Are. So, you know, it was it was the senior goodbye dance and yeah. it was like all emotional and we were all walking like, don't lose you <laughs> and just living our lives and dancing. And there's this one section where we go, no, 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 yeah. And everybody's just, you know, living their lives. And I think the first day I just did like this sweet little double and was like, turn, turn down, release. And... That was on the Saturday show. And for some reason, on the Sunday show, I was really feeling myself. And I prepped for a turn. I went up on my leg. My my right leg was in uh, like this flexed, like dramatic attitude. I was leaning back and I just did four turns and sailed and held it. And everybody on the sides freaked out and said, what the heck was that? Because I mean, I was I was a decent turner, but I was never doing anything like that. And just feeling so connected to to music at you know at the age of eighteen wasn't really my thing. It just felt like I was in a different place. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, Curtis, that was great! That was great! I can't wait to watch it." Nobody shot the Sunday video. <sighs> <laughs> so I'll never know that breakthrough moment when I got a little older. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a moment that's like in all aspects. Yeah, it was a, an amazing like physical moment, but also just a release and kind of lose yourself. Oh, oh my I gosh. That. I, oh, I love those. But I, I feel like that's always the case. You just never get the best moments. We're always getting we're always getting B cast in life on, on film. Mm. You always get B cast. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're never getting a cast on film. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. Just losing yourself. And we all know Curtis can lose himself in something, okay? Okay. All right. The hard part is coming back out. <laughs> Amen. 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 So fantastic to have you on the show. It's a, a dream always to talk to you. I'm probably gonna like FaceTime you after this. But um <laughs> I just I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for your just I mean, your aura. Just the best. Thank you. Eating with his human spirit. We love that. Thank you. Thank you. This seemed a little, uh, a little, a little all over the place. So I hope that you got something out of it. (laughs) Of course we did. Of course. Thanks for being here. Are you kidding me? It was my pleasure. Hey, it's Brendan. Hey, it's Jack. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to hop on over to our Instagram at again underscore podcast and give us a follow. A like. A comment. A DM. Because we want to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing. Sure. 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 And before you press next to play your next podcast. Hopefully it's us again. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And give us a rating if you love what you're hearing. Again from the top is produced by Dory Berenstein. And Alan Seals. Stay tuned for our next five, six, seven, eight.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 